Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Looking for Love and All the Wrong Dust Jackets, a show where three cool old biddies come at you with all of our hot takes on anything in romance, whether that's books, movies, TV shows, yeah, whatever you like. My name's Liz. I'm Danny. Wiggles. And welcome to the show. <laughs> this spooky episode is all about the movie Practical Magic. That is a big facts. Uh. But before we get to the spooky movie, we got to talk about what you guys have been, what you guys have been up to. Tell me what you've been reading, watching, etc. I've been getting caught up finally on Only Murders in the Building, which is a great show. If you haven't been watching it, guess what? That's a mistake. Um, you need to get on it. Um, it's got Martin Short and <laughs> Steve Martin, and it's got Selena Gomez, and it's just, it's really funny, and it's knows exactly the jokes that it's making if you are a theater person there is oliver putnam and he is a theater producer director and obnoxious about it um they have a murder podcast together like it's it's a like strange meld it wouldn't doesn't seem like it would work but it fucking works um so yeah that's what i'm watching what about you Liz? For my spooky read, I read Nettle and Bone by T. Kingfisher, and it is so good. It is a dark fantasy. Um, the book's only like 250 pages, which I thought was going to be way too short, but it's not. It works great. I gave it five stars. No regrets. It's kind of like a really dark twist on fairy tales, kind mm -hmm. of little Grimm's-esque. Hmm. Uh, but it's not like it's in your face about it, but it's also not like so in your face about it. It feels overdone. It's just good. It's twisted. It's dark, but it's also got like it's happy moments. It's I on like my it list. a lot. I have it. If you want to borrow it, it's really good. I probably will at some point. There's a lot of things on your list. Just saying. That's the reason I say at some point. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Please don't borrow my book and then just like keep it for six months because I will be very upset. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never done that before. Ever <laughs> in my life. I'm pretty sure you lost one of my books. Nah, -uh, that's not yep. true. I bought you the replacement. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so I listened to pretty much all of. Um, the Green Mile, the audiobook, The Green Mile, this weekend. Really? I've never read it. Oh, I, The Green Mile is an amazing book. The physical copy has been sitting on my shelf for years, but I have never been able to work up the gumption to it. It's it's so, so good. And there's so much you don't see. It like I will say the movie is very well done, especially mm -hmm. for a Stephen King movie, because sometimes they weren't yeah. on those ones. But the movie is exquisitely done. But there's so much more, of course, with The Green Mile. Mm -hmm. Also, fun fact, The Green Mile was written in installments. He oh. wanted he wanted to do it like the old Dickens things where like the next chapter would come out. And so they're written in parts. Interesting. And that's how they were released initially. Really? Maybe it wouldn't be so bad then if you just like read it a part at a time. Yeah. And it's it's labeled like it's like part one. And so then you've got the, the first like the whatever 10 chapters or whatever that's that part. Mm -hmm. And then it also switches the pers perspectives back and forth to him in the nursing home and at uh, Cold Mountain and everything. So back, you know, in the 40s, 
when all of this is happening and then mm-hmm. also with him in a nursing home when he's over 100 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was – I I've listened to it many times. I really do. And also the, the audiobook narrator is lovely. He's, he has a very calming voice. <laughs> um, but then I was also watching uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Mm. Has my man in it. It does have your man in it, yes. But it's a, <laughs> it's a musical um, TV series. Basically, she got stuck in an MRI when there was an earthquake happening and they had the Spotify playlist pa- happening and it altered her. And so she sees people sing what she calls heart songs. So it's what their inner feelings are. They sing songs to only her, which is incredibly distracting when she's like at work mm-hmm. and her best friend pretty much declares his love for her oh, in the middle of fucking everyone. And she's the only one that can see it or like the other programmers that she works with. Uh, she kind of found out that they all are being super competitive with her because it's a very male-dominated field and she's a woman kind of on the top of their area but yeah she's at one point they're singing this song and she's like i really wish i could go to hr about this and also there's some really heart-wrenching things like her dad has like a a degenerative disease and he can't really move on his own very much and he can't speak at this point and he sings to her at one point which rips my heart out every single fucking time but yeah so that's really good so that's pretty much been my weekend and or week. Nice. There you go. Oh, all right. Well, if we didn't swear in the middle of all that, shocking. <laughs> but I can promise you we're going to be swearing forthcoming. So if you don't like that, you don't like raunchy shit, this is probably not the place for you. So I'm going to give you three seconds. One, two, three fuck off okay are they fucking gone all right let's do this (laughs) so today we're talking about practical magic practical i love practical magic so much like every 90s girls dream aesthetic is that movie yep i would yeah live in that house Okay, well, that kicks off the the fun facts Aaron has for you. Ooh, Aaron has fun facts. So many fun facts. Who the hell's Aaron? Oh, yeah, that Wiggles Oh, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) That kicks off the fun facts that Wiggles has for you. (laughs) I love me some Wiggles fun facts. Go. Yeah. So the house, um, unfortunately, is not real. Um, Well, suck my ass. Yeah, I know, right? Apparently, Barbara Streisand wanted to buy it. And they had to tell her, like, uh, no, ma'am, that is a hollowed out shell. And she's like, I'll take the shell. And they're like, we we tore that down ages ago. Oh, <laughs> son of a whore. But That's I did want, and I don't know how much of this is internet rumor and how much of it is real, but apparently the the plans for that house exist somewhere. And you can get them. So if you want to build a remake of that house, you have the possibilities. There's so much gorgeousness in that house. I just, uh, I love the kitchen. And it looked like her her daughters. And at least where the, where the sisters lit, like slept in when they were kids and everything. It almost was like a large attic room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it looks like. I would have loved that growing up because it's just a big it's a big interesting looking room you know Mm -hmm. and fairly open i feel like well i i have 
fever dreams about that fucking greenhouse <laughs> that's straight off the kitchen. Oh, right. That's just... Oh. Wiggs is a bit of a plant mom. I sure A am. bit. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am, I am. I'd step one foot into that and all the plants would go, oh, that's the bitch that's going to kill us. Yes, like, they would just call me out right away. <laughs> Anyway, okay. we were talking about Practical Magic. Yes. Yeah, does somebody want to tell me what the hell this movie's about? Oh, yes. I would be happy to tell you about this movie. Um, so basically, this movie is about two girls, sisters, Sally and Jillian. They are descendant from a woman who was supposed to be hanged because she's a saucy wench and got pregnant via somebody she wasn't supposed to and they tried to kill her. And then... After her lover didn't try to save her, didn't come back, she basically cursed her entire family. Any man to love an Owens woman will die. So Jillian has terrible taste in men. Sally does get married, has two daughters. Her, their, both of their parents had died, and she grew up, they grew up with the aunts. Her husband dies. She moves in with the aunts with her daughters and everything. And Jillian calls essentially one night because she almost get murked by her boyfriend and they kill him after while trying to escape they kill him and then they try to bring him back because they you know were not smart about things and he basically haunts them Mm -hmm. so that's the general premise we'll get into things but yep 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 i did not explain that very well but that is what it is Oh, well, we'll explain it. And honestly, at this point, if you're listening to us, but you haven't seen Practical Magic. What are you like, doing? Well, I mean, you know, no judge. Yeah, everybody, I'm not, no judging. Everybody Sorry. misses some things. But also maybe go watch Practical Magic. And come back to us. It's right? such a nostalgic We'll still be here. Me. Yeah. As of recording this, it's on Hulu. Correct. Which is true. So there you go. Well, a little bit more that you should know about this book is it's based off a book of the same name by Alice Hoffman. I have read this. It's good. It's not like the movie. Okay. Um, oh, you, really? Yeah, you have to kind of... I did not know that when I went into it. So I kept like waiting for beats to happen that I was like, this is what's going to happen. And they don't. Um, <laughs> they took a lot of liberties with this movie. I'll try not to compare them too much because I think that individually they're both great i just think that to say that this movie is based on that book is kind of like saying the harry potter series is a perfect depiction of the books it's not like it just (laughs) there's there's important stuff that's not there and so it's just a big divergence but while i liked the the book practical magic it's actually the prequel that i fucking fell in love with and it's called rules of magic well, actually, there's two prequels. There's one that's called Rules of Magic. Um, and then the other one is, I believe, The Book of Magic, which is actually based off of Maria Owen's life, the one who oh, okay. um, gets hanged at the beginning. And then there is a sequel, Magic Lessons, to the Practical Magic story. But the one I'm in love with, Rules of Magic, is actually the story of Jet and Francis and their brother, Jet and Francis are the aunts. Oh. Mm-hmm. And uh, their story is so much more fascinating to me in general. It's about them growing up in the 60s and learning magic and how to navigate their lives and how they're impacted by the curse. Because actually, all Owens have this curse. 
So, oh, so not just the women. Yeah. So their brother had that too. Mm-hmm. And so the lineage, if you if you have ever tried to figure out how are Jet and Francis aunts to Sally and Jillian, it goes like this. Jet, <laughs> Francis, and Victor are siblings, right? Victor ends up sleeping with like a very, very distant cousin. Like this is not ding, 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 ding cousins. It's it's like it's sure. like Tom Cruise and Penelope Cruz. They have the last, same last name, but that's about it. And so they end up hooking up one summer, even though he is already pretty confident that he likes men, but it's the 60s. And so anyway, so from that comes their niece, right? Their niece is the, their mother dies mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. a... I'm trying not to give away too much of the book, um, but let's just leave it at their, their, her mother dies. Uh, she goes off and gets married and has uh, kids. And those kids are Sally and Jillian. Okay. And then they have, um, and then obviously Sally, Sally has her kids. So when they say that the aunts live forever, they're kind of right because they look like they're in their forties in the movie. <laughs> And they should be at least in their late 70s by the time those little girls are growing up. So, yeah. Yeah. So so they're technically their great aunts? Of Jillian and, and yeah. Sally? Yes. So they're their great. Oh, God, they are. At one point in the movie, when they're telling all the rumors to mm-hmm. the cop about all the things that the Owens people can do, it's uh, when she talks about their niece their niece whips up a placenta bar and that's why the aunts don't age yeah yep that was one of those things that i've i've seen this movie a million times like i i watched it a lot as a kid i never heard that as a child i swear (laughs) and i heard it this time and was like (sighs) but i mean that makes sense though because i was thinking they had to i was like well they're they're aunts but if they're their great aunts yeah they're Mm-hmm. Well, and they don't change between the beginning of the book, which is when Sally and Jillian movie movie are, I don't know, middle school age-ish, somewhere around there. I would mm-hmm. think they're like 10 and 12. Yeah. The the aunts look the same from that period to the present day. And you could say it's just poor movie planning, but I was like, nah, that's no, some witchy shit right that's, there. That's witchy that, shit. That was entirely sure. intentional. I also really like that, like, it seemed like the sets of two girls, all of them had one dark haired, one redhead, mm-hmm. which makes me think that uh, the aunts were also that way. I th- I mean, I can't remember for, for sure, but I think that Victor was the one with the red hair um, and that Jet was ironically the one that had like blonde hair. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember it's been long enough since i read it that i can't remember those details with clarity jet is a cool name oh yeah like i love it. I, I know it as a man's name but i've never heard it as a woman's name and that's a cool name well and i like they call her jetty sometimes too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well just her sister mm-hmm. i want to grow up to be them yes i mean they're very trauma bonded so careful <laughs> Well, not that part. But (laughs) I I want to grow up to be that eccentric, I suppose I should say. Well, if I'm being totally honest, like the whole like getting married, having kids thing, like that's I get I get why that's a lot of people's dream. Go live it. Go love it. But like the idea of just growing old with my sassy bitch sister in a house that is way too big of a for us doing witchy shit 
the whole time. That sounds really great, actually. It's the dream. <laughs> yeah. It's the dream. Well, that's the aunts in Sabrina, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, they have other problems, but <laughs> depends which Sabrina you're talking about, right? Like yeah, the true. I'll take my version? coven over 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 like a traditional family. That sounds way more fun. Let's let's go do witchy shit. <laughs> you guys, I've said this before. You guys can do all the witchy shit you want, but I, it's not for me, man. Which it? Yep, I totally get that. Could I go through the motions and be like, hey, look at me casting a spell, sure. But if I've learned anything from all the TVs and books and movies I've watched, if you don't believe in the magic, it doesn't work or yeah. it doesn't work right. As they say in practical magic, you can't practice magic while turning down your nose at it. Exactly. That's one of my See. favorite quotes from this movie. It's not that I t- would turn down my nose at it. I just, I'd got to see it to believe it. That is such a... It's the way they show her when they're when they tell them what's going on and everything, and it cuts to them being like, "You can't practice magic while turning down your nose at it." And it's just Sandra Bullock sitting there with a pillow held over her face, like she's throwing a slight temper tantrum. She's like, "I know, I know," and I'm like, "That very much feels like these are the women who raised you." Mm-hmm. And you're you have to take responsibility for your actions right now, and you don't wanna, but you have to. <laughs> so, getting more into critiquing the movie itself, mm-hmm. I think the only reason this movie works is because they had a fucking powerhouse cast. They really yeah. did, yeah, and they knew how to work the aesthetic. Because like the majority of the movie is just little vignettes of moments, and it you're really left is. to fill in the blanks. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, uh, w- why does that matter? If you really stop to think about it, what is the movie giving us to establish why this fucking scene matters? And it's not there. Mm-hmm. But but the acting is so good that you feel like you understand. Like a really good example, I think, is when Jillian and um, Sally are parting ways. Jillian's running off with her, her hulking boyfriend, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we did not see... This is the first scene we see of them as not children. Yeah. Right? And yet you're emotionally invested into the, that departure. For how much this movie has been raked over the years and was not a hit like when it was being made, you cannot deny that those actors are fucking working it in this movie. Because I every time that scene comes up, I'm a little bit misty-eyed. I'm like, oh my god, I was a sister. <laughs> they're going to get old and, and die alone. Or die together in a house with yes. a, a bit old, you know, two old biddies with a shit ton of cats. And I'm like, I yes, I believe 100% that's what's going to happen. They're mm-hmm. going to get old. And no, I think they basically take after Jet and Francis, only mm-hmm. like they allow men occasionally to be around. <laughs> well, Sally didn't want the men's to be around, but then no. those aunts, mm-hmm. those meddling aunts, made her not they cast some sort of spell to encourage her i think it was probably like a lust spell based on like how like i think narratively i I don't know how one goes about doing that kind of stuff but the point (laughs) is i think that that's what they were doing but one of the things you get to know about them more in the book um in practical magic is you get to see some of the like spells they're asked to do by the women who come by the back door Mm -hmm. and sally's reasoning for not wanting to fall in love makes a lot more sense because she's exposed to this not once but over and over and over again these desperate women banging down the back door Mm -hmm. 
for love spells and potions and things like that. So I, I th- yeah, <laughs> I think that they must have cast like a less spell because it, it's like the bell goes off and then immediately they're like, I must walk towards you yeah. and we be smooshing and later fucking. And later fucking. And then they fall in love mm-hmm. they do. and then he dies. And that all happens within the first half an hour of the <laughs> yeah, movie. so fast. It's traumatic. <laughs> it really is traumatic for as traumatic as that event is, they really downplay it in the movie. It's just mm-hmm. like, well, he died. Mm-hmm. Moving on. I do really like, so even though, you know, he wasn't there for a, a long amount of time, I like that they showed the passage of time and kind of the development of their relationship a little bit, but just by like, you know, it's, she's talking to Jillian through letters and everything Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. how, you know, she can't believe how in love she is and everything. And just showing the like cute moments of their lives together with the girls, with, you know, with each other. And it, yes, it's a very short sequence and everything, but I, I did feel like they were a good couple and everything. That cute little, like, they're dancing through the living room with mm-hmm. the girls. And she's, yes. you know, I love that. That's a lovely family. Mm-hmm. And so I was emotionally invested when he died. Yeah. Even though he wasn't there for very long, it wasn't, it didn't happen for very long, but it, it broke me a little when I first saw it. I'm like, oh my God. Oh. More credit needs to be given to these these movie editors, producers, creators who created this movie because they know how to use their camera so well to tell us things that aren't being said mm-hmm. and efficiently, right? Like we we don't actually see his death, but we see his cart get absolutely decimated. Yeah. And you're mm-hmm. like, if it did that to his cart, what could it possibly have done to his body, right? Yeah. There's another moment where they show us the beetle. We have the sound. And then we see her come back with tools and you figure it out. Like, yeah. you, you you got it. It's understood that if she doesn't get to that beetle and kill it. And even if she does, I don't think that that actually would solve anything. I don't think it would have stopped think, anything. Yeah. But it was something for her to do to try to stop it is kind of, I think, how her mind was working. Like, I can do this. I can stop this. And we didn't explain this well. It's called a death watch beetle. Mm-hmm. Her mother heard it calling for her father's death. And she then heard it for Michael's death. It kind of lo- works like the Banshee does. Mm-hmm. If you're not familiar with their folklore, they specifically call for certain families. And if, they, if you hear the Banshee wailing, it's because... Either somebody in that family has died or is going to die. Yes. But a very specific thing about that is it's not the cause of death. No. It's just a harbinger of it. It's it's Mm -hmm. declaring it. And the way you described um, her trying to kill it is reminds me a lot of Supernatural with the Grim Reapers. It's like, yeah, you can kill the Grim Reaper, but that's not going to save somebody's life. That's just the person who's there to take the soul. Another one's going to come. Right. One of the gripes that i've heard people have about this movie i think if this is the grape you have i encourage you to go back and watch the movie after i explain this but there's a lot of complaint that for a movie called practical magic you don't see that much magic in it and i think that the reason people are feeling that way is because they're not picking up on the subtle moments and that death scene that happens with her and her husband you can see there's this moment where Michael's relieved, right? When the bikels, yeah. bikels, bicycles, the bikels, the bikels, you know, the bikels, the bikels. Uh, <laughs> oh 
damn it. <laughs> Michael's relieved when the the bicycles all get past him and everything. Mm-hmm. And then she is also like suddenly she stops hunting for the beetle. She's like, yeah. oh, everything's fine. It's fine. It was just a normal beetle. Right. And the only way that makes any kind of fucking sense is if they if she is somehow connected to to him and is aware of what's happening with him. Mm -hmm. And so you don't see her cast a spell, right? But you do see that there is that magic connection there. Well, and you see that often with her and Jillian as well. They can sense each other when things, and it's normally just heightened things, but like, for Mm -hmm. instance, when Jillian first calls to let her know that she needs help, um, she was just writing her a letter and everything. She went out and took it out to the mailbox to send to her. And then as she's walking back in about a beat and a half before the phone rings, she says, Jillian, like she mm-hmm. instantly knows that there is something wrong and she's running for the phone and Jet's running for the phone too and says, it's Jillian. And mm-hmm. she says, I know, I know. And grabs the phone. Where are you? What can I, what's yeah. happening? Mm-hmm. It's magic, but it's more about the intuition of everything and being connected with the people that are important to you right but yeah i think that one of the things that frequently is a critique of this movie is that women have a much higher percentage of liking this movie yeah than men do and i think that a big part of that is yes there's this element of there's it's a majority female cast and and it's it is a romance novel kind of it's not really, but that's neither here nor there. But like, it mm-hmm. appears to be a chick flick on the surface, mm-hmm. right? But I think that the reason women are so drawn to this movie is the the connected sisterhood of it all. Like, not just among the family, but at the end, these women that have, as especially as young girls, have picked on Sally and Jillian their whole lives. As soon as they hear, hey, listen... I need you to save my sister's life. Yeah. Like they show up. Yes. And even though they don't, whether they, whether these women believe or don't believe that they're witches is kind of muddled. Mm-hmm. Like, but they definitely believe that they're like evil or bad or outcast. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, that's one of the notes that I had though, is that in here is that this movie is such a good example of the, the need of sisterhood mm-hmm. because it it just shows all of these connections, um, whether it's magical or, or not magical. I think that's why the magic in this movie, to me, feels almost more realistic than any other type of like magic we see is mm-hmm. because you can't see it. Mm-hmm. And so that idea of magic kind of always being around you. And I can't remember which aunt says it, but one of them says, we all have a little magic. We all have a yes. little witch We have in a us. little witch inside us. Yeah. Yes. That's the ultimately the thing I think where a lot of this like uprise, not uprise, but um, uptick in the conversation of women wanting to be witchy girlies. Uh-huh. Like, I think that, it, yes, there's some element of it where it's like it's fun to imagine yourself with more power than what you've got. Mm-hmm. But I think more importantly, it's it's sort of this common thread through women where I can connect to you on this level, mm-hmm. you know? And so it could, it could, yes, right now it's witchy aesthetic, right? But it could be fucking anything. It could be books. It could be gardening. It could be everything pink all the time. But the point is we're so encouraged 
to discourage each other mm-hmm. that having something that connects us all other than the rules that society has put on us is significant in how it can help you bond with other people. Well, and the things that you mentioned other than everything pink all the time are also known to be witchy aesthetic Mm. or magically aesthetic. And, And I think part of it, and not to go down this sociological path, but I think part of it too is especially in America living in a very individualistic society that that's not you know, as a bunch of introverts, like, yeah, I'm an individual, but feeling connected, like that's the human experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So especially being able to say that not only are we connected, but maybe we're connected in a way that we can't really describe. There's something more, something extra feels Mm -hmm. very appealing. Absolutely. Yeah, it does. So I love the example that's given right before Jet says that, where she's like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a little bit of witch in all of us. She's talking about how her daughter had a nightmare and she was across town and she could swear she heard her screaming yeah and so many people in general but women especially have these stories where they're like i could Mm -hmm. sense that there was something wrong Uh uh-huh absolutely and i do that all the time actually Mm -hmm. i i want to be clear here i'm not discrediting anybody who who views that that intuition as some innate innate power but i think Mm -hmm. it's more I think it's deeper into our DNA than that. I think it comes down to this. It's a survival sense. You know what I mean? And and we have this ingrained thought process to be thinking about what everybody around us is doing, good, bad, or otherwise, because we're the watchers. We, we take care of the people in our circle, and that circle widens infinitely depending on the circumstance. An example is when I go into a store, not even thinking about it, if there's a kid around, I'm much more hyper aware of everything around me. I didn't even realize it until a few years ago. I was like, I I saw that kid pass by me a minute ago. Why do I know that they're already three aisles over? And it's, it's just, it turns on. It's that protective instinct. It's an an innate need to make sure that there's somebody with them and they're being Mm -hmm. watched. I definitely do the same thing and didn't realize it until just now. So thanks for that, Wigs. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) It's going to get really annoying. And I mean, I do it. I fully do it. But I was never conscious of the fact that I did it until you said something. And now I'm like, shit. Yeah. That's going to annoy the shit out of me. I'm so sorry. Fuck you, Wiggles. You're welcome. <laughs> Not copyrighted yeah. by Disney because I went up. <laughs> <laughs> talking about kids. This is a, a very forced segue, but I'm doing it. <laughs> talking about kids. Commit uh, to the bit. <laughs> the daughters in this, I can't remember their names, but the... Uh, the Antonio the, and Kylie and Antonia. There's a common theme especially in like the 90s and 2000s of in, in movies and books and TV shows where there's witchiness, but there's the new generation has been purposefully kept away mm-hmm. from the witchiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like Charmed, um, Witches of East End, all of those. Halloween Town. Halloween Town. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen a Halloween Town in a long time. It's on Disney Plus. Well, I'm sure it is. Uh, anyway. I found it really interesting that the the daughters knew about magic in this, but were just told not for you. What would you guys do 
if one day your mom came up to you and was like, so listen, we're witches, like real witches, like we're going to cast spells and stuff's going to happen, witches. I would be livid. Yes. I'm like, you fucking kept this from me? Right. I will say that in like, unlike some of the other ones, I think they knew and everything. And before they moved into the house with the aunts, she hadn't taught them anything, but they were hundred percent teaching them behind oh, the her back. sure also like she kylie she she picks it up too fast for her to have not been sort of figuring it out on her own yeah like she casts that that kid gets chicken pox for calling her a witch mm-hmm. right like that that happens way too fast um unless you're fucking harry potter accidentally <laughs> the fucking snake out at the zoo right like that that was not an accident that was very intentional so i think that whether or not sally is aware her daughters are coming into their own without her help it almost yes. kind of seemed like sally taught them what not to do like hey don't do these things because if you do something bad's gonna happen because she kept saying we don't point we don't point mm-hmm. and then she pointed and said you have chicken box i think she said we don't cast yeah sure yeah so the kids knew um which would almost make it worse if my mom was like listen we can cast spells but also we're not going to we're not going to i would be livid it's like the dare program for magic Right. Like, now I want to do it. What the fuck? (laughs) Let me teach you about everything that you're not supposed to do, but sounds like it could be fun. Right. Right. Their face when she, they're lighting all the candles when they're about to do the ritual to help Jillian at the end. The girls are sitting there with a candle in their hand, lighting candles. And then Sally just walks up and like blows on the candle slowly and it ignites. And their faces, she just like turns and looks at them and walks away. (laughs) I want to be able to do that. (laughs) I want to be able to do it too. But my brain went to the other side of like, it's going to take you too long. That's how much time it takes you to light one candle, woman. I've had three candles lit in that amount of time. This is an impractical (laughs) spell. It's impractical magic. (laughs) It had to be said. It had to be said. Yeah, it had to be said. But if you don't have a lighter. No, yeah, like, it's good to know how to light things. It's interesting, too, now having read the book, that they chose to age the girls down so much. Because in in the book, Kylie's like a teenager and all the boys are falling all over themselves, losing their shit. Right. They're like, oh, she like she is the new Jillian. And then Antonia, she has been the the frumpy Jan, Jan Brady, the Jan. She's been the Jan um, for mm. a while and is starting to and has a glow up and it, th- this whole thing. Anyway, so the their perspectives are very different from these cute kids who are like, you know, super excited for their mom to fall in love with this random cop who's trying to arrest them, right? <laughs> Instead, they're very like angsty and angry at the world because you know that's that's what we do as yeah. teenagers. We're just not happy people. Question: Did in the book did their father die when they were younger, younger, or is it yes? Teen? Okay, I don't I don't remember when he died exactly, but he is. I, I can't remember when he died, but he he's not alive. He's not in the picture. I will say the one thing that has always kind of weirded me out is that she like falls in love fairly quickly after Michael dies. We don't actually know how long it is. It's true. I That's mean, true. She that did, goes back to that vignette problem. Yeah. yeah. She did kind of shut down for a bit and mm-hmm. it took Jillian 
on like feeling from Arizona that Sally needed her and everything and she just shows up in the middle of the night and climbs in bed with her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like it just in the movie, it seems like, you know, he passed maybe six months ago and she's falling in love with the cop. And I'm like, I don't like that. I've always interpreted that as it is a consequence of the spell, which yeah. is why they have that conversation where she owns up to the fact that she cast this spell. Yes. And do they actually feel anything for each other or is it just the spell? Yeah. Because there, there's no way to know. And it's unlikely, like you say, that she would just fall in love with him that quickly. Yeah. I do really appreciate the fact that they own up. She owns up to that. They don't just like let it go and be like, okay, cool. She's in love with him now because that's something Hollywood sometimes would do. Mm -hmm. And she has, they have that hard conversation of, look, here's the thing. I worked a spell when I was a kid because I wanted to make sure that I would never fall in love. So I made up somebody Mm -hmm. that could not exist, but you do. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you're feeling this way about me because of the spell and you don't know that I'm going to be in love with you because I don't want to go to jail. Right. And like, I like that they had that conversation because if they had just been like, boom, we're together now and everything's fine, I would have had issues. Well, and I think, uh, well, first of all, my favorite, one one of my favorite lines is him saying as he leaves, I wished for you too. Mm -hmm. i know that one that one gets me oh yeah yeah. that gets me me right right in the feelers there but i love that they included that flash of the petals falling on on him as a kid yeah because then you understand that this spell has not been it's not it's not recently kicked in this has been building for decades mm-hmm. right and and now they're suddenly next to each other and they're like oh my god you could argue that something of her spell maybe brought jillian to fuck face mm-hmm. because how else is it going to get him from arizona right to, where are they are they in like massachusetts or we just know they're on an island Ooh, that's in the book but i forgot <laughs> i always pictured east coast it's got very yeah, east coast i mean coast it, vibes. It, it is it is it's i want to say maryland that that would make sense don't quote me on that i i always thought northern east coast-ish mm-hmm. kind of is is what what i got from the from the scenery and all of that it would also make sense for the time period mm-hmm. clothing and stuff from when maria got hanged and everything that would make much more sense in that area well and that's one of the things i do appreciate about this movie number one i like that they didn't put her in the salem witch trials because like if you're not going to do it right don't do it at all yeah. um Number two, I like that they had her hang instead of the burning at stake because we never did that in the United States. Yeah, no. And so it's like, I don't, it's it's things like that where like, I don't expect you to be historically accurate, but I do appreciate you using historical context to flavor the thing that you're making, you mm-hmm. know, like. Absolutely. All right. Should we talk about Jimmy Angel of? I mean, he's just a pawn. I mean, that's all he is. that's all he is to this story is he's the the foil or the the catalyst to the plot. Yes. But he's creepy. And mm-hmm. kudos to the actor because he did an amazing job. The thing I find interesting is 
I know that he's creepy like originally before Jillian and then she like is slowly poisoning him over time. So there's never a really clear like how did he did he like get worse because of her poisoning him and like giving him belladonna or was he just always that? I mean, he was always terrible, but like how was he affected by what she did to him well i so i never saw that as she's poisoning him belladonna can be a legitimate sedative yeah but she was giving it to him all the time sure. i i think in her head she didn't care about the difference the minutiae of is this maybe slowly poisoning him sure but is it also getting him off my back yes also this yeah. so that's how I interpreted it. <laughs> I like Sally being like, so you need to drug your boyfriend just to get some Can sleep? Yeah. Don't like, you think you should? <laughs> Isn't there something wrong there? Seems like that's not right. I don't know. It, it Definitely his attractiveness exists on a plane of the 90s. Like, yes. for, well, I mean, so does Gary's. True. Well, I don't know. He still has like a, he looks like he'd be nice for a cuddle. Like he would be really good at cuddling. That's why I'm not attracted to him. Oh. <laughs> I'm not attracted to him either. Uh, also, Gary is like the least sexy name to name your love interest. <laughs> Indeed. But. Yeah. But, but, you know, besides the point, I'm sure there are sexy Garys in the world. No offense, Garys. But I, yeah, no, I agree with that. But yeah, Jimmy, he's a legit serial killer. Here's the thing that I think shows that the state of mind that Jillian's been allowing herself to be put in. She doesn't pick up on that. Yeah, she didn't notice it. How do you not notice that some guy is getting like that fucking, I don't know, clingy to you? I mean, I would notice. Immediate red flags. Yeah. That yeah. he comes up to her and touches her when they don't know each other. That to me is like, that's end, the end of it. You don't, you're stroking my hair off of my face. I don't know you. You haven't spoken <laughs> words with me. Absolutely not. That's not sexy. That's creepy. Every time. Yeah, but this happened when Jillian was at a party. Like, I don't entirely believe she was sober when that was happening. True. True. Hell, I don't know if she was sober throughout most of their fucking relationship. I don't know if she was sober through most of her life. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And like, how did she? Oh, my God. He just, the way he talks about things and stuff, I'm like, how did you not? Like, I notoriously do not have the best taste in men. How did you not notice? Like, there were just red flags raining from the ceiling here, kiddo. One of the things I think is interesting is he was originally supposed to be from Texas, but the actor they cast was very obviously not from Texas. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, what? He could have been from Texas. Well, I- He didn't have a Texan accent. Right. That's, that's, sorry. That's what I meant by that. And so they were like, just use your accent. And then he, he had to have exaggerated it, right? I would think so. Like that just, maybe maybe that's the way he naturally talks, but it just seems like. Well, and I mean, you have to put on there that almost the entire movie, Jimmy is wasted. Even dead, that man is wasted. True. And so he could, the a accent could sound more exaggerated because he's drunk as shit too. Mm. Yeah and slurring a little bit i've never seen a person drink tequila straight out the bottle and not be wasted like it's it, there's something like maybe you can have a couple shots and you're fine but when you start chucking that shit straight out the bottle you you're done you're wasted every single time it so there is a point that makes me laugh every single fucking time it's a very serious moment in the movie 
but it makes me laugh my ass off every time as they're sitting in the car and he's outside peeing and he's got the keys in his hand while he's peeing and he's flicking at him around a circle on his finger and he's singing you are always on my mind yeah it kills me every single time it is a very serious moment they're trying to discuss like how the fuck are we gonna get out of this and everything but it kills me every time the thing that doesn't make sense to me the most in this movie is why did he wait to attempt to murk uh jillian until she now has support i don't think he had decided to kill her until she tried to leave Mm. yeah that uh, that seemed very much a reaction to her trying to run away Mm. it was the catalyst of she's leaving me how dare you and he had i think he had been kind of building up to it because she said that they had been basically driving zigzags across the country for like two weeks and so i think he had been starting to lose control of himself and everything but I don't think he had actually decided that that's what he was going to do until Sally arrived and they were about to get the fuck out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I'll take that. Which the only question I have about that scene is so he she got there, picked up her sister. Didn't she get there in a cab? I've always wondered that myself. They drive his car back, but they were trying to get into another car first. Yeah, so they were, I thought they were getting into a cab. Like, did the cab driver not say anything? Because he literally, like, abducted them in a parking lot. Uh, well, there wasn't anybody in the cab when they were trying to get into it. If that's what they were trying to get into, there was nobody in that vehicle well, the no, first what, time. What it was is they were walking towards the cab, and then she realized that there was blood on the moon and needed her tiger's eye necklace. And she went back into his car. Yeah, but they were already at the cab. They had the door open when this happened. Yeah, I don't know. That is sloppy, to be sure. I don't know if it was a cab or maybe it was a rental car. I don't know that for sure. But She got there in a cab. Yeah. This mysterious car, what's it about? We don't know. So that always made me wonder. I'm like, did the cabbie not say anything when they just like got abducted? Although technically he like yanked her in the car on the other side from the cab and then told Jillian to get in because, or Jillian, sorry, told Sally to get in and drive while he had a weapon on her sister. So maybe it just looked like they got in the other car instead and drove away. Maybe. Or maybe Sally like, like sent him, waved him off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, the thing we always have to remember though is that this is set in the 90s. Um, it came out in 98, so it's set in the mid to late 90s. Mm-hmm. And just <laughs> the, the our world and our reaction to the world is drastically different than True. it was 15 years ago. True. True. Also, I will say, I think that that... What? 20 some years ago? Uh, it came out in 98, so that would make it 25 years ago. We don't need to acknowledge that. Fuck. Oh, that just hurt my soul. Yeah. That hurt me deeply. Fuck. Why'd you gotta do that? Why'd you gotta do that? The thing that also always kind of freaked me out, it actually kind of scared the shit out of me when I was younger, is the fact that he was going to legit brand her. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Which he had done to another girl. So that's why we know that Jillian did not turn him crazy. He was already crazy. Yep. Yep. He was there first. But she maybe, maybe turned up the dial a little bit. Yes. But we don't know. I also always wondered because, so the whole way that they kill him the first time is by an overdose of belladonna and it took for fucking ever to take and uh sally put in way too much 
But I almost wonder if he had built enough up in his system that he was a little bit more immune to it. And that's why it took so long. Not immune, but, you know, he was more used to it. He had a tolerance Mm -hmm. to it. Yeah, I it reminds me of the the the, reminds me of what I've read uh, about drug overdoses and, and how the ones that tend to be more likely to have you die are the ones where people have given it up for however long mm-hmm. right and then they go back to it and think that they can k- take the same dosage mm-hmm. yes and it so it kind of reminded me of that and makes me wonder like how often was she like spacing these out right yeah and had she given it to him in a while that kind of thing it is a real co- cool piece of magic moment in the car though because he's chirping off and being weird and wasted as fuck and you just see Jillian, just her reflection. She didn't actually physically do it. Mm-hmm. With the you know, look at Sally through the rearview mirror and say, "The Belladonna's in my bag." Mm-hmm. And then Sally dumps it in the in the uh, liquor bottle, and it swirls without her having to do it. There's like a tornado in the bottle. Mm-hmm. Well, that's her fucking cantrip in this thing. Is I know yeah. she's constantly like stirring her coffee without touching it and stuff. I'm like, oh, hot damn! I wanted to be able to. Yeah. What I want to know is just like keep it hot, because like that, that would be that, that would, would be a trick. Yeah, that would be like I can always have hot coffee as long as I keep this fucking spoon stirring it. Yeah, stir it forever. It's like that moment in the first episode of The Wheel of Time when Lan is like, "The bath could be hotter." Yeah, it's like okay, just warm the bath a little bit for you there, Lan. <laughs> it could be hotter. It could be hotter. So let's talk about the love interest a little bit. Gary. Yes. Gary. 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 I just think of the fucking snail from SpongeBob. <laughs> he does have heterochromia. I do like that. Kind of. You only see it like I think it, briefly. It was it's a trick of, in the 90s. It was, was so badly done. Yeah. There were so many times where they zoomed in on his eyes and I was like, why are they both blue? I know. Like, I'm like, what the fuck? Did you think we wouldn't notice? It was the 90s. Yes, they did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I was like, you couldn't have done, like, what's the point of doing the zoom in shots on his eyes if you're not going to make sure you emphasize the fact that he's got one green eye and one blue? Yeah. Well, I'm sure they didn't want us to catch on too quickly that he was actually the, I don't know, the recipient of the spell or whatever the fuck it was. Mm. But why the fuck when he was a kid did that damn horse have a star on its ass? He could have <laughs> been showing the horse. They sometimes do that. You put you paint stars on your horse's ass? Yes, in glitter and paint. All right. <laughs> Especially All right. with like Western um showing. English is a little more stick up its buddy, but here's my question. How's he making them cacti pancakes? What? Yeah, How's I know making those things were cacti shaped pancakes. And they're all precision made. Uh, if you have a squeeze bottle, you can do it. I don't know how he did it with theirs. I don't their... think they were doing squeeze bottles. That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't know how he did it with theirs. Um, and apparently... He's a talented man. He can flip them all the way in the air. No wonder she fell in love with him. I mean, that was part of her spell. It is. He can flip pancakes He can flip pancakes, but like, a monkey can flip pancakes. Mm. You can't flip pancakes that look like perfect cacti 10 I, feet in the air. Personally, I thought the pancakes were ever cooked, but... They were, they, <laughs> they were, were, they were indeed. <laughs> I have to be honest, her spell didn't really give me anything that was unachievable. Ride a horse backwards, 
plenty of people can do that. Flip pancakes, that. plenty of people can do that. I can't do that. Favorite shape is a star. I mean, sure. If you have a favorite shape, sure. Why wouldn't it be a star? Stars are cool. Well, I think you got to remember this is coming from the mind of a 10-year-old. I know. I know. So yeah. your your understanding of things that are fucking magical are like beyond them knowing magic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, are so far askew that like anything's magical. Another of the things that they that's part of her spell is he can hear my he can hear my call a mile away. Mm-hmm. And that is demonstrated when she leaves him after she's found out that he's he has heterochromia and she's freaking the fuck out because they just like made out. Which by the way, that's a good kiss. Mm. I may not be attracted to him, but the like up against the wall kiss, it was good. And he, when she gets home and discovers what's going on, the second, like almost the second she walks in the room, he comes around the corner to try to protect her, which means he knew the moment she did what was going on, he wasn't far behind her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That because- starts to make more sense now because I watched that scene and I was just like, how'd you get there so quick, bro? It's because he could hear her call a mile away. Still, logically, it would have taken him longer. But it's yes. whatever. I mean, we do have the argument that she paused on the stairs slightly to talk, talk to her daughters, but... Maybe he's just really fast. I mean... He's real fast. Maybe he runs and shit. To be fair, though, the this island seems like it's not very far apart because they're constantly walking from yeah. their house to wherever they're going. Right. Well, it doesn't take her that long to catch up to him when she chases after him. Yeah. I think he would be a more compelling love interest if there was more story about him. Yeah. But this story ain't about him. It ain't about them as a couple either. It is so, so focused on the sisters. It's it's about love in general, but mm-hmm. not necessarily romantic love. Right. It's about the love for sisters and eventually the love for the community because they do kind of trauma bond, I think, all of those women in the community. And that brings everything together and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, if you understand what I'm meaning, I'm not making a lot of sense to me. You, you mean the end of the... The yes. movie when they're all like, oh, and we like them now. And look at them jump off their house. And for some reason, everybody's cool with magic. I got to say, got to say, got to say. Well, so I'm going to back up. I'm going to address your comment because I had a, another thought, but I'm going to go back to that. So I think that the reason that they're all OK with the magic is because now these keep in mind, these are the women who are the women of the cult tree, right? Mm-hmm. These are the most popular influential women of the community so they go back into their communities and are like no 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 the owenses are cool now oh yeah i totally get them being okay with the owenses but like even gary everybody is just like oh magic's real you do magic hi i i would hope that some time (laughs) has passed between the conclusion and the halloween in the movie but who knows like passage of time in this movie is confusing as hell it's true I will say there is one moment that I always think of because they, you know, when he is questioning the people of the town and everything and they're telling them all the crazy stories about the Owens women. There is one woman that does come to their defense a little bit. It's not it's not much, but it is something. She says, we're not saying that they killed him. We're saying that maybe they shook his hand and then he died. 
it's very mysterious. And I'm like, okay, well, at least like she doesn't think that they're just like maliciously murking people with their magic. Like she's not afraid of them in that sense. Right. Okay. What the fuck video games or something did you guys play before we got together? Because the amount of times the word merc has been used tonight (laughs) is very high. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I use the word merc I think I may be trying to avoid saying murder. Murder. Talking about the woman of the town, the two I kind of want to know more about is her like fucking shop like associates or whatever, whoever Mm -hmm. she's hired to help her because they seem like they already know what's going on, kind of. And they're just like, yeah, the Owenses are cool. They probably do magic. I don't know if magic's real, but they're cool. I assume that you would ha- it would have to be people who were already kind of cool with the idea of them doing magic in order for Sally to hire them because the rest of the town won't talk to her. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? The one seems like she kind of has like a little bit of a gothic vibe-ish thing for mm-hmm. the 90s right. anyway. And then the other one just seems like a chill middle-aged woman that's just like, yeah, cool. She's nice. She has the like chill divorced mom vibe who's yeah. just like listen i've seen it all yeah it's, it's all fine. cool that actress i i cannot I her. remember her name she's one of the most underrated fucking actresses she's in a fuck ton of she's stuff. in she everything is. and she's always good oh she's fabulous she never misses margot martindale love Seems it to be her name margot just so you know we fucking love you yeah we do one of the things I miss about the 90s, and I think that we need to bring back, is in movies like this, especially where there is a large swath of women, there's a really large variety of the look of the women. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, just, but all of them, like they're, they're, they're short, tall, larger, skinnier, they're, they've got brown hair. There's not a lot of ethnic diversity, but that was the downside of the 90s. Yeah. But, but I think if we could just bring back the idea that not every woman needs to be a supermodel in order to be in a movie, that would be really fucking great. I think that was the to- the 2000s. Yeah. The 2000s, I think, is really where that died. It seems to be coming back a little bit, which is good. Um. Okay, so one thing I want to talk about is, can we talk about how sloppy Sally and Jillian's murder strategy is? Oh, oh my, my God. It's so bad. <laughs> First of all. I had secondhand embarrassment off of her. Oh, for fuck's yes. sake. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, granted, this is coming from three women who extensively listen to true crime. However, I would argue is they brought him back. He clearly attacked Jillian in their kitchen. She hit him with the cast iron. Why not just call the cops at that point? Why the fuck and didn't say, they call the cops when, in the car? Well, yes, I agree. But if like they made the mistake, they panicked the first time. They had the magic. They brought him back. She killed him again with the cast iron. Why wouldn't you just call the cops at that point? Because like she has the marks on her. You can just say Jillian and her boyfriend were visiting. He got drunk and attacked her and was choking her. So I hit him. Well, also, are you really going to tell me there isn't a... If you can bring people back from the dead, are you going to tell me that there isn't a spell to rid them of whatever toxin is in their body? That's true. Yeah. Or are you talking about getting rid of the poison so that they don't get caught poisoning him? Right. You don't know how he died then. He could have died of alcohol poisoning. Yeah. You don't fucking know. But yeah, it was very sloppy. The grave is very shallow. Like, it was not even above their heads. So what? That was maybe four feet deep? That'd be my guess. But you're going to get the smell of decay coming through. That is the whole reason why graves are at least six feet deep is because then you will not be able to smell the decay through the ground. Gross. 
Um, I do applaud the fact that they like stomped the sod back into place. Good job on that one. Except for like, what? What? Oh, just so many things. Well, not to go into to the teach people how to bury a body thing. Yeah. But there's a lot of factors that have to go into it. Like what kind of ground you're putting them in. How hard is it? How soft is it? Uh, how dry is it? Uh, animals in the area. What yep. they're going to try to dig up. The smell, like you said. And also, don't put it in your fucking yard. Yeah. And then don't leave the fucking stolen car in your driveway. Right? Correct. Also, <sighs> can't even. Just saying, they live on a fucking island. Toss that fucker in the ocean. Right? Right? Well, okay. Get, get him some fucking cement shoes. Call it a day. Let's not, I mean, like, here's the other factor that, and this is what's really getting my goat with this, is like a sloppy murder under normal circumstances is bad but then like you have fucking magic yeah you're you're gonna tell me there you don't have a spell that would like make it so he's undetectable or make it so people don't want to look at a particular thing like you're not doing anything to like help your case well what are you doing and then when gary our our detective bro does show up then they still don't use magic to just be like oh i don't know come up with anything any fucking reason or even a believable lie sally couldn't do it no but that was that was her spell yeah but but i mean the lie was pretty obviously there hey we drove back or or jillian took his car to drive home and we haven't seen him since yeah he hit me Yes, I stole his car. I'm sorry. Would you like it? Please take it. But I had to get away from him. He attacked me. Right. Haven't seen him since. Right. He wouldn't have argued. She had the evidence on her fucking face. Well, and again, you could use magic, right? There's got to be some sort of fucking persuasion-y shit. Right? Yeah. If you can change (laughs) the name of on a phone tree, you're going to tell me that you can't even just change the way the Belladonna looks? Oh, my other big gripe about their whole, like, cleanup of this fucking murder. They didn't think to clean the car. He finds Belladonna in the car. Right. Like, you you didn't vacuum that shit. They put zero effort into not getting caught. And so the only thing I could think that maybe even remotely makes sense is if the spell was what led them to killing Jimmy in the first place. If Which it, the like they were the spell was like I'm tired of you two not getting together. The time is now, now, and I don't care who dies in the process. <laughs> uh, so back to me saying that Jimmy was just a plot point. Maybe he was not only a plot point in the movie, but in the actual story of the thing. Just magic. Well, the only well, okay. So I said I had one way that I could justify it. The only there is one other way. Maybe Jillian did truly love him. And that's possible. Just because she has terrible taste in men does not mean that it wasn't love. Mm-hmm. She didn't fully love him. She was very excited about her relationship with him. Mm-hmm. I get the impression they were together for quite some time mm-hmm. in Jillian world. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing they've been together for eight-ish months. We don't know, but it sounds believable. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Like, you know, they've been together for a while now and everything, so she could love him. And her argument for being with him, too, is he's so much stronger than the curse. Mm-hmm. She was hoping he would survive it. 
Right. The other thought, too, is they they grew up using magic. So I imagine, especially with living with the aunts, they used magic for everything. And so the idea of mundane solutions maybe was not something that just like came to their mind. So something that we would solve with as simple as throw the fucker in the ocean, maybe they just didn't have the the thought process behind yeah. it. It's kind of like the Harry Potter thing where you're like, why are you still using quills? Just because the idea of mundane solutions is not where your brain goes. Well, okay. So one thing um, is for the making of this movie, they did actually hire on a quote unquote real witch. What that means, I don't fucking know, right? Like I couldn't find anything that was like, what are her credentials? What makes her a witch? <laughs> did she just say she was a witch? I don't know. I don't know that I'm, I assume they did more research than that, but um, they brought on an actual witch as a consultant for whatever reason. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something with like royalties or some shit like that. They got into a disagreement and she walked away, whether she got fired or quit. That's vague on the internet. But either way, she walked away from the project and threatened to curse the movie. Wow. Yeah. Um, Oh, my. And the movie did open up to a very bad box office. But yeah, so she apparently... The director was nervous enough about it that he did actually hold an exorcism. Wow. Yeah. So both it can be attributed to why a lot of the witchy things that they do and say are do not feel like cheesy and out of pocket. Because they're they're based in what the real like Wiccan community and mm-hmm. yeah. witch community is. And so, you know, the quote that everybody knows from this movie, whether or not they know it's from this movie, is always throw spilled salt over your left shoulder plant rosemary by your garden gate plant lavender for luck and fall in love as often as possible and so that's all that's like old wives tale kind of stuff yeah those are all superstitions and Mm -hmm. steeped in actual like witchcraft history and everything right isn't rosemary like that's like just a logical thing right doesn't that keep away animals or something certain animals uh, I think it also keeps away insects and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I I do. I personally really like that. Well, and I kind of appreciate that, like, the spells for the most part, unless the ants were, like, messing with somebody's love life because they that's what they do. I like that they were kind of just slightly integrated into their everyday life and everything. They did the the random, weird, funny things. Like, she's like, what are you doing? And she goes, oh, nothing, just making toast and then it pops up the toast and they they hadn't been making toast like she just made that happen you know mm. and i like that it's the non-flashy shit where it's so integrated into their lives that for the most part some of the things that they do they don't notice that they're doing i'm surprised we haven't talked about it yet but midnight, midnight margaritas, margaritas. <laughs> uh i think one of my favorite things about that scene is that it starts off so innocent but the whole scene has a purpose yeah um which is to get us to the someone left it on the porch yes i love that i love that whole sequence the way oh, yeah. it starts at such a high note and goes to such a low note yes um yeah. and it it gets you there in such a subtle way 
And I love like the barbs that they throw at each other once they, they've started to get really drunk where, mm-hmm. to the point where mm-hmm. you're like, at first you're not really sure if they're just drunk and being assholey mm-hmm. or if it, you finally do pick up on the fact that it's, it's Jimmy yes. influencing them, you yes. know? I just, I really like the whole sequence where like they did it, you know, they were doing the Macbeth thing and, and the cauldron with the blender and then it, it cuts to Jillian waking Sally up and poking her in the nose and like, no, no, wait, 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 listen. And they like, you know, it's clearly something they've been doing for years and years and years. It's just fun. I also love that, you know, you mentioned the the double, double, double toil and trouble like joke. Mm -hmm. I like that the way that they do it is that they are making a joke at how witches have been represented in media, not they are going along with that representation. Oh, yeah. No, that's totally. They're just totally taking the mick out of it. Yes. Yes. That to me is the right way to do that. Mm-hmm. I hate it when they're like, no, we're going to act like this is really how they talk. When you're mi- intentionally making a modern book about witches and witchcraft, and then you make references as if they would say those things in real life. It's just like, no, there's a certain level of detachment that happens, right? Yeah. I also, I do like how they kind of represent how Jim- Jimmy is like subcomfortable consciously affecting them throughout the they're getting drunker and drunker and mm-hmm. the t- kind of being sassholes to each other and everything i love the line oh, oh please since when has it been a crime to be a slut in this family and it's like holy shit sally but for real though yeah yeah for real I mean, wow. yeah, that's I mean, a really big dig um if you if you read the prequel you'll be like sally you watch your mouth <laughs> you talk to these fine women and what they've gone through and yeah, I just I just like that you're watching them kind of and it's like it's stuff that they've likely thought mm-hmm. about each other, but would never actually say because they love each other. Well, and there's thoughts that you have in passing that yeah. like you don't really mean in your heart. Yes. Right? And there's a reason you keep those thoughts up here. I also do love how like once they realize that, you know, someone left it on the porch, that the bottle is Jimmy's bottle and everything and they pick it up and shatter it. They are instant sober. Yes. All four of them. I know what that feeling is like when you are drunk and something happens and you are just like the adrenaline kicks in and it is fucking time to go. Yep. But they also had the realistic thing that they were also then still hung over the next day, which means they actually weren't. It wasn't a magic thing. They weren't instantly sober. Mm-hmm. It was totally the adrenaline something's fucking wrong situation. And may I say, what fucking bullshit is it if you have magic and yet you can't cure your own hangover? Yeah, right? she, she was looking for aspirin. I was mm-hmm. like, you got magic? You can't fix this? Right? Like, that's some charmed shit, some personal gain shit. I will say one of the things I do enjoy about this movie is that it just is totally unashamed to be exactly as cheesy as it is. Mm -hmm. We have this movie where it's sometimes got some action in it and it's got this, like, witchy thing going on, right? But then they have lines like, I dream of a love that even time will lie down and be still for which is beautiful. It's a very beautiful line. It's a very like Jane Austen-esque yes. line. Yes. Yes. And like girl same. But <laughs> <laughs> but like it's so poignantly out of context of the rest of the movie. It doesn't belong there. But they're like, no, we decided it does. <laughs> My question is, how did they break the curse? 
because it's pretty heavily implied that Gary is not going to die. One can only hope. She kind of, when she narrates it, um, so either they didn't know for sure what broke it, but either it is the township as a whole kind of coming together to help the Owens women, Mm -hmm. their joined hands in that situation, or mixing their blood together in that moment. Um, when she saves Jillian. When the... she saves Jillian. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't really the... make sense, the second one, because... It doesn't, but they do say that. Yeah. But it's kind of heavily implied that it's that it's the fact that the town has kind of come together with the Owens family. Mm-hmm. And that's what maybe broke the curse, because it's her hatred of the town and its people and her lover that created the curse in itself. Right. And so that would make sense why that would break it. Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, it's also a very 90s ending where it's just like, it's happy now. Accept it. Yeah. It's fucking happy. Like, it just worked out. <laughs> just, okay? Just shut up about it. And the thing is, <laughs> they didn't have to deal with the internet in the way we do now. So they did, in fact, expect us to just shut, shut up, up about it. it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Shut up and take this movie I gave you. Oh! <laughs> Can I say something that I notice every single time? Yes. Please So do. when they jump off the roof at the end, you know, they step up and their, like, feet go up on the little, like, thing. Mm-hmm. But then it cuts to them and they're behind the barrier again. And it drives me nuts every time. Same. So uh, what did you two think about the soundtrack for this movie? I have to be honest with you. I really don't pay attention to soundtracks. So real. I didn't yeah. much except for, of course, the Midnight Margaritas moment. I yeah. I think it's interesting because it's so fucking on the nose. At the beginning when her and her husband are going to, well, her will-be husband are going to have their first kiss, they're literally playing Faith Hill's they this are. kiss. <laughs> and uh, I mean, the only thing that would have been more on the nose for the whole Midnight Margarita things would have been... Right? Like, it just, like... It's so on the nose. And then out of nowhere, well, not even out of nowhere. uh, Finally, you have this song by Stevie Nicks show up. And fun fact about that, that is the first time Stevie Nicks gets to, is recorded her version of that song. What's the song again? Uh, It is Crystal, the song Crystal. Uh, Originally... Uh, Stevie Nicks wrote it while she was with Fleetwood Mac and it was supposed to be sung by her but I they decided that she wasn't going to get to do that song they wanted to have a male voice on it and so she re-recorded it for this movie nice I do love Stevie Nicks look at you with your fun facts over there I told you I got fun facts today (laughs) I got fun facts so um, that is my last fun fact do either of you have anything before we go into ratings? Nah. Nah. Let's do it. Nailed it. Well, the first rating we normally do is spice. There is no spice there in this movie. Isn't there any. is a half-assed <laughs> no. decent kiss, though. So I think we can safely call that one a 0.5. Yeah. I would concede to a 0.5. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Romance. Romance. You were always on my mind. <laughs> my God, you guys. There is, I mean, I I know I picked this to 
be one of our romance movies. And like after watching it again, I was like, it's really not about the romance per se. It's it's about love for sure, but Mm -hmm. not necessarily romantic love in itself. But Mm -hmm. so I give it maybe a one or a two. Really, you're that low. I'm I'm up at like a, a three. Even though the romance wasn't like fully fleshed out, like it was still there. It was still vibing on it. And and it was good romance. Yeah, it was. It wasn't toxic. I liked that they didn't just leave it at like, oh, we love each other because of the spell. Like that was Mm -hmm. the whole reason that they went away for Mm -hmm. a bit to be like, okay, how do we actually feel? Well, I think that this is if you wanted to do a faded mates trope that wasn't gross at all. You've removed all your grodiness. I'm not saying I don't like a little grodiness. We all have our hot our our Taco Bell fix, okay? <laughs> right? But if you want to elevate it to at least a a one star meal, try this because they were like yes, they were lusting after each other right away, but it wasn't like I'm now trying to possess you. It mm-hmm. was there's something about you that has been missing from me and vice versa. And that to me makes way more sense in the we've been fated to be together from the beginning. I didn't even think about it as following the faded mate tropes at all, but it absolutely does, especially the pancake scene, mm-hmm. because for no reason at all, he is like in the house being very domestic, mm-hmm. being very flirty and cute, and then instantly switched back. It's like, that's exactly what Faded Mates is. Like, you're just almost acting without some logic and reason because of Mm -hmm. this pull. Right. Yeah. You're just felt compelled to Mm -hmm. be with this person and to do do whatever they need you to do. Yeah. Like, he just steps up and decides he's going into dad mode. Now I got to say 3.5. I feel it now. I'm feeling it more. I'm I'm moving it up to a three. Damn. I just talked to you into it. I was you talked me into a 0.5. Yeah, okay. but still, like, but that doesn't happen very much. No. What is your rating? You haven't given it yet. I mean, I would agree with the 3.5. I don't think it could go as far as four just because we don't get enough time with them. Yeah. But the romance that she has with her her first partner that we see in the movie, um, with her husband, like that's also really good and sweet. Yes. You yes. know? And it I do is. enjoy that one as well. And I'm genuinely sad when He's dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think a 3.5 is where I sit with it. Okay. Here's the big question then. What's your overall rating? This is so hard for me because I have such a nostalgic factor. So, like, I'm fighting with my urge to be like, it's a five. (laughs) It's a five. I don't think you have to fight with it. I I think you can say, like, nostalgia tells me it's this. Nostalgia tells me it's a five. My own rewatching of it Mm -hmm. is kind of pointing me, like, 4.5 just because you know don't let the fact that this is one of your favorites growing up guide your heart but it's still a really fucking good movie Mm -hmm. so if it will help you i didn't watch the movie in like sit down watch it like i'd seen clips of it here and there until Mm -hmm. i was an adult and i still to me think it's like a 4 4.5 perfect okay yeah, I, I mean, I read around that same area. So just for a consensus, I'll say 4.5. Mm-hmm. The I think the biggest reason for me that it it's one, like I talked about early on, the acting, phenomenal. Oh, they're so good. Um, The aesthetic, on point. Yes. But also, it feels comfy and cozy. 
It's very much a fall movie. I am sitting in a sweater drinking a pumpkin spice latte, which just killed my soul because I hate... You don't drink pumpkin spice lattes. I know I don't. I don't drink lattes at all. Say you're drinking like a cup of tea. Don't lie to the people. Say like a chai tea. Don't lie to the people. chai is gross. Why did I just say chai tea? What a basic bitch. (laughs) Well, it was was the tea version of pumpkin spice latte. Yes. Yeah, but but a chai is tea. I'll give me a I'll give me a hot cocoa. You can have there a hot go. cocoa. Get a hot cocoa. <laughs> marshmallows. Everything that we've said, I'm like, I will take any and all of those hot drinks. I love hot beverages. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> add it let's add in a hot cider as well. Oh. Maybe a mold cider, if you will. Fuck. Ooh, uh, like, um, a good, like hot mold cider. Yes. Oh, yes. I love a so my version of like my fall drink, because I do hate really hate chai tea and I don't know why the smell actually makes me want to throw up. But a caramel apple cider, hot caramel apple cider. Mm. Oh, and you drop just a little bit of whiskey in there and you're having a good night. Oh, I yes. am indeed. Yes, 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 yes. And I do yes like me some whiskey. <laughs> Honestly, I'm a beverage goblin at heart. So hot, bre- hot beverages fit into that category indeed. nicely. Um, and this movie feels like the type of movie where exactly as you say, you need to have a hot beverage. You need to be wrapped in a blanket. There needs to be colorful leaves on the ground outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It needs to be like a Sunday afternoon, yes. something like that, you know? Yeah. Maybe even just a little rainy out. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> oh, man. Mm. I'm having a whole moment here. Perfect <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> I got the vapors. Yeah. It's my perfect afternoon. Oh, God. That'd be great. And then afterwards, you go and have midnight margaritas. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh. Yeah, I don't, it just, it feels like a movie you can wrap yourself up in. Mm-hmm. I will happily hop into that world and become an Owens witch tomorrow. Oh, yeah. hells yeah. So what are your guys' recommendations then? <sighs> I, my problem on this one is I have so many. So Danny, go first. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, honestly, for the cozy factor, and this is kind of weird, Legends and Lattes. Mm-hmm. It's got that no, same. No, it's there, yeah. It's mm-hmm. got that same like cozy up to the, you know factor and i love that also it makes me just want to watch fall movies now so i kind of want to watch like halloween town mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so my recommendation would be the very secret society of irregular witches by sangu mandana uh, which is a book that i read recently and it is cozy and modern and cute and witchy uh, so it has all of the vibes the other one that probably shouldn't be a recommendation but I'm just feeling it is the divine secret to the Yaya sisterhood. It's probably yeah. just because of Sandra Bullock. She no, carried, but there's she does great in a movie. I can also see that one where like there's the sisterhood and building each other up yeah. as women kind of, which is sort of an underlying theme in this movie as well. Yeah, that's what I got. Wigs. Frankly, I would re- recommend, of course, the series in the Practical Magic series by Alice Hoffman. That feels like a gimme, but I'm going to say it for sure. And and if you don't want to read all of them, or if you don't want to taint your experience of this particular story, because like I said at the beginning, it is very different, mm-hmm. then go instead, just don't read Practical Magic, but go read Rules of Magic. It is just, it's so good. It's like, it's a period piece for for being in the 60s it the characters are so compelling it's witchy it's fun it's also dramatic it's it's great i i really like that book 
I'm going to do a throwback to our first episode, Not the Witchy Wed by April Asher. This feels very in line. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's that's a lot more cheesy and hokey, I will say, but it's still really fun. And and it's a it's a less tense magic system um, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. honestly the rules are a little flexible on, but we're not going to talk <laughs> about that. Um, of course, charmed always but the 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 last one i'm going to say again kind of like you say is a little bit of a not quite in line but you you asked me many many episodes back (laughs) why i don't recommend the mercy thompson novels and it's it's because one they have about this amount of spice right they're a little bit more they're they're probably like a 1.5 depends which book that's true but two, they are, I wouldn't go so far as to call them cozy, but the, it's not a high fantasy intense world. It is a very confined, not even to an entire state, but the Tri-Cities yeah. area. And and so it's a lot of fun, especially if you want something quick to read. Each of these novels is super short. They're like less than 300 pages, most of them. And th- she just keeps writing them. Uh, I will say at a certain point, you're like, feels like this main character is making a lot of the same choices over and over again. But if you can put that aside, they're really fun, especially like the first five or six. Hmm. Gotcha. So like I said, too many recommendations. No, no such thing. <laughs> I had to cut myself off at, one, at some point because I was like, I feel like I could just keep recommending witchy things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I get it. Well, that's what we got here, folks. So if you liked this episode um, and if you like us, you can find us out on our socials at Wrong Dust Jackets or just Wrong Jackets on X. Or you can go to our website at wrongdustjackets.com. Please give us a like, rate, review, whatever your podcast app or site lets you do. Um, and let us know what you thought. Give us any feedback. We'd love to hear from you. I love to hear recommendations, all of that. So that's all I got. Thanks, folks, and bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.